And we are in week five, our final installment of our series, Good Together, the grand finale. The grand finale. Hey, have, have you gotten anything out of this series? Has this been helpful for anybody? That's good. It would have been really awkward if you didn't clap, so I'm glad you clapped. And we're going to have some fun on this, on this last one. It's always fun when I got my wife up here with me. And, and I want to tell you that uh, I had a lot of fun working on this message with you. It was really fun this week. So um, now people do get a little nervous. I just want you to know that the only reason I agreed to this is because I already purchased a new outfit and it needs to justify. That makes sense. Um, but people do get, get a little nervous when you're up here. Sometimes I get nervous because I don't know what you're going to say. And uh, can say some inappropriate things sometimes, let's be honest. But uh, I, I promised that this one would be a little bit spicy. And uh, I do want to say that we are speaking specifically to married couples today. Um, we're talking about married couples because, well, for one thing, we've been talking about all sorts of relationships in this series. And what we know is that nothing shapes our life like the relationships in our life. That's kind of been the foundation, that it's not good for us to be alone. We're good together. And you've heard me say this before, that your friends determine your future. Well, if that's true of your friends, how much more important is it the people we decide to enter into a married covenant relationship with? So that's why I want to talk about that. Also, we believe in marriage at this church. We believe that, I mentioned last week, it's not the ultimate form of love, but it is something that God has designed for the family. And so we want to see strong marriages. We want to see strong families. We want to see a strong church. We want to see a strong community. And when we talk about marriage, that's what happens. So uh, that's what we're going to do today. Now, do we need any warning label with this message? So, so, so does anybody need a warning label for this? Well, I think last week you waited till halfway through the mm -hmm. message to give your title. So why don't you just go ahead, give the warning message now and give us your title. Okay. This is the title of the sermon for all those who are taking notes. It's called Mutually Beneficial. Mutually Beneficial. Right. We're talking about the S word today. The, we're talking about the S word in church. Submission. Submission. <laughs> Submission. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and um, let's just read our, our, one of our key verses for today. Okay. What were you guys thinking, by the way? Head My gosh, we're in church, people. I bet they wish we were going to talk about sex today instead of submission. Well, it could be. All right, Ephesians 5, says, Wives, submit yourselves to your own husband as you do to the Lord. It's the word of God. You guys are dismissed. I mean, what else do we need to say? <laughs> a lot. A lot. Yeah, a lot. This is probably um, maybe one of the most misunderstood verses in the Bible. And um, never afraid of controversy. We're going to get into this today. And I I'm just curious. I want to leave this verse up here as long as possible because I'm just curious if it's making people uncomfortable right now. And... Uh, I want to acknowledge, right, like, there, there, this is a verse that, one, keeps people out of church. It's a verse that maybe causes people to think, man, I, like, this is my problem with church. This is my problem with religion. This is my problem with Christians. Like, 
we just resist that. And um, because of that, I, I want to give some clarity. How many of you know context, context matters, right? Context matters. That's right. Yeah. That's right. If I say booty. Pirate treasure. I mean, there could be a lot of different things. Yeah, Okay, but anyways, um, context matters. And with this verse, context, context matters. Let's give some context as to why we decided to talk about Let's this. Let's do it. Because I would, I mean, I told you, I'm like 70, 70, 30 submitted. <laughs> and um, we were just out this summer and we were talking. I had read something online about submission, and I was like, I don't, I don't know that I like the way that this was written. I don't know that I agreed with it. So it sparked a conversation with us because submission is one of those words that, like, it carries a lot of weight, and it can make you bristle up, and it can cause division, and it can cause debates. But we want to kind of, like, take a scary word and make it not scary. And so that's our goal today. Yeah, so, I mean, the, the reality is we know people on all sides of the spectrum, right? We've met people who, uh, will, because of this verse in particular, women will say, well, you know, I don't need no man. Like, ain't no man going to tell me what to do. And, like, I can do anything my husband can do, and I can do it better. And, uh, you know, just ask me. And then there's other women that we know it's been like, well, you know, I need to ask permission. Yeah, I need to ask permission for everything. And both of those are extremes. So um, let me, let's start out by going right to the, the kind of the hard part within this verse. And uh, what some of you might be interested to know is that in this verse, in the original Greek, this word submit, it's not actually there. Most translations that we have. So I'm like, I knew it. That's why I crossed this verse out of my Bible. It's not biblical. It's not even supposed to be there. Well, hold up a little bit. It, it is true. In the Greek, you look at this verse, this word submit is not there. However, this particular verse, along with the verse before it, and along with the three verses after it, are part of one long Greek grammatical sentence. Okay, so what that means is, yes, this word isn't there, but it is true that it's implied. It is true that it's understood. So let's understand it by looking at the previous verse. This is Ephesians 5.22. Ephesians 5.21 says this, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Go to the next verse. So submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, wives to your own husbands. Then it goes on husbands. And then it goes on, talks about children. Then it goes on, talks about servants. So the context for the verse is, let's go to verse 21. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. That's why we're calling this message mutually beneficial. If you're gonna understand submission and you're gonna understand it in marriage, the first thing you have to understand is that it's, Mutual. It's mutual. Now, it is worth pointing out that many times the reason we bristle up against this idea of submission 
is because in Western culture, American culture, Western culture, we have this belief that men and women are equal. And because we have this belief that everybody's equal, well, the idea that someone would submit to another person, it sounds oppressive. It sounds like, why, why should you submit to me if we're equal? Or conversely, why should anybody submit to some other person if we're equal? It doesn't make sense. And I understand that. And maybe it'd be helpful to know, would you, would you like to know who introduced this idea that men and women are equal? Jesus. Jesus introduced this, this idea we have, this belief we hold in Western culture that men and women are equal, was first introduced by Jesus. You, you need to realize that in the ancient world, it was a common practice, commonly held belief that women were property, that children were property, that men and women were not equal. But Jesus came along, and what we see through his ministry and what we see in the writings of the New Testament what we see even in Scripture, in the, ancient, in the Old Testament, what we see is that Jesus elevated women. We see him say, speak to this issue, and he would say, look, because of how your heavenly Father cares for and values women, you need to place extreme value on them. So I want you to understand that this idea of equality is found in scripture and began with Jesus. Yet, there's this truth of submission. And the reality is like a lot of us have a hard time with submitting. Yeah. So we just wanna kinda give you some practical handles today for submission. We're not the experts, like I just confessed. Like I'm holding tight to my 30% of unsubmitted areas. But, and then we're both achievers, strong-willed, and so to, to come together and be mutually submitted, these are just some things that, that we've kind of learned in our marriage that we want to share today. Do you mind if I read the whole verse in context, everything in Ephesians 5? All right. I'll need you guys to put it on the screen for me. So it starts out in verse uh, 21. It says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Now, this is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. 
However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Okay, so that's the context of the passage. Um, I know we're going to get into it, but I want to just give some definition to submission, all right? So in, in the Greek, this word submission, it originated as a Greek military word. What that means is it was used to talk about the way or the method to arrange troops to support the mission. As time went on, it also began to be used relationally. And when it was used relationally, it, w it was used in this way to, uh, to carry one's burdens. It, it was used in this way to assume responsibility. It was used in, in such a way to uh, ha have an a attitude of support and strength. So what I want to clarify is that when you hear this word submission, it was never about subjugation. It was always about support. And literally, if you, if you wanted to have a literal definition, submission is positioning yourself to be the best support. This is something that every couple needs to understand. How can I position myself to support you? How can you position yourself to support me? In fact, if, if you just want a phrase to talk about submission in your marriage, here's a good phrase for you. How can I help? How can I help? How, how can I position myself to be the best help to you in this season? So with that in mind, we've got seven things we want to use. Seven minutes in heaven. Seven minutes in heaven. No, seven things um, that will that will help you understand how to live out this principle of how can I help in your marriage. Just real quick, I really appreciated you studying this week because all week you followed me around the house saying, how can I help? <laughs> See, I think that's something I say often and you just heard your, your ear was more tuned to hear it this week. But I think you were more intentional. Oh. Maybe I was just grouchier this week. Okay. Um, submission isn't about value. It's about values. So here's, here's what we mean with this. When you submit, it's not saying to the other person, you're more important. It's not about value. When you submit, what you're saying is we've agreed on what is important. It's about values. We have the same values. Here's the thing in, in marriage, you got to agree on the big stuff. Yeah. If, if you don't agree on the big stuff, you're you, you probably shouldn't be married. <laughs> yeah. If you don't know what the big stuff is, you need to have a conversation and make sure you're on the same page about the big stuff. I got a real quick funny story. Um, I don't often do this, but in the past I've done premarital counseling and uh, I've got other pastors now who can do that. Um, but did some premarital counseling and part of the way I used to do it, couples would take this test and kind of a compatibility test. And one of the parts of this test was they would have to list out like who gets more right in, uh, who gets more say in the subject. And uh, the guy does his and the girl does his and, you know, look at their answers. And the guys on almost everything, um, you know, some things were weighted, but almost everything, the guys was like 51%. And I was like, I was like, hey, I noticed you got like 51%. It's like, what's, 
that tell me about that. He was like, well, I just, I just figured, you know, like at the end of the day, if we have a strong disagreement about something, like, like I'm, I'm the man, so she should submit. You can tell they have not been married yet. I was like, bro, bruh, bruh. I was like, you already agree on the big stuff or you wouldn't get married. The stuff you're going to have disagreement on is the little stuff. <laughs> and your opinion doesn't matter on the little stuff. Anyways, so not in every circumstance, what I'm trying to say. But hey, here's the point. Amos 3.3 says this. Do two walk together unless they agree? Hey, you can't even enter into marriage unless you've already agreed on the big things. So when you understand, though, that we have agreed on the big things, it makes it so much easier to say, okay, it's not about is this my preference or is it your preference? I, I, I'm going to submit, and it's mutual, right? Different cases, different standards. I'm going to submit because I know we're in agreement. We're connected. We're together. Now, talking about how it's not about value, meaning we have equal value, I want, to under, I want you to understand that equal value doesn't mean equal strengths. She can't do everything I can do. You can't do everything I do. I can't do everything she can do. And us being in agreement doesn't mean that I need to diminish her strengths or diminish her gifts or, or diminish the way God created her. So this is why I want to tell you the second thing. Well, and I just want to say, like, if you're naturally better at something, why would I just try to fight that instead of just yield and support you? That's right. And vice versa. Yeah. And vice versa. So this is why the second thing is important, is that submission is not about roles, it's about responsibilities. It's not about roles. Here, here's what I mean. When we're talking about submission, it's not about who has what job. Somebody does the dishes, somebody does the trash, somebody's better at this thing, somebody's better at this. It's not about who makes more money, it's not about who spends more money. It's not about who's better with money. It's not about who sets the budget. It's not about who pays the bills. It's not about roles. But it is about responsibilities. There are some responsibilities that she has as a wife, and there are certain responsibilities that I have as a husband. And we can look at it again, but what I noticed is Paul talks a lot more about the responsibilities of the husband than he does the wife. He says, husbands, love your wives. This is what it looks like, laying down your life for them. That means washing her with your words so you can present her as radiant, so that you can present her as spotless, so that you can hold her up. Like he goes through all these things. You know what he says to the wife? Respect. <laughs> there's, there's, different, there's different responsibilities. So it's not about who has what role, but it is about who has what responsibility. And over the course of your marriage, those change. You know, you're, it's, it's normal, it's healthy to, to be in different seasons and have your, your 
roles and responsibilities to have to shift and yeah I mean just in our life you know the things that I needed from you at 20 are different than the things that I need from you at 40 some things some things have not changed but 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 in, I mean we didn't have kids when we first got married right. right and vice versa and the things you needed from me at 20 were different than the things you need from me now at 40 and our life looks different and leading the church looks different and so I mean, you just think about your phone. Your phone goes through updates. Your marriage is going to have to go through some updates. You're not using the same phone you had 20 years ago. And, and so it's not it's things shift, things adapt, but responsibilities, you have some specific responsibilities. J just going back, to, I don't have these verses on the screen, but you can write them down. Um, just going back to talking about how there's some things that are the same. There's some things that are different. One verse, it's Galatians 3.28. It talks about the equality of who we are in Christ, how there's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female. What that says is we've all got equal footing. We all stand on the same ground. We all have equal value. Yet, Genesis 1.27 says, God created them male and female. So again, there are different strengths. There, there are different characteristics. There are different qualities, equal value, different qualities. Mm -hmm. All right, what's our next one? Submission, it's not about who's right, it's about who will. So here's a question for you. Can you submit even when they are wrong? When you know that they're making a choice that's, that's not the best choice, can you still submit to that? And can you admit that sometimes you're wrong, that you miss it, and you make the, the wrong choice? It's okay to admit, like, hey, I was, I was wrong in this. I think for me, sometimes um, I like to, to help people and, and do things, and so sometimes I will say yes to a lot of things um, at the expense of maybe the important things in life. And you'll recognize that, that as... As my husband, you want to support me in chasing my dreams. And so you'll kind of just watch from the sideline until it comes to a point where I'm like frustrated and angry. And then you don't say, well, I could have told you, you know, like you never should have done that. It's how can I help you make the best of the situation? How can I help you to make this better? What can I do for you in this? Yeah, and I, I think about like one example that comes to mind is I remember not too many years ago, maybe five or six years ago, uh, I was of the mind, you know, we've, we've always lived beneath our means. We've always been aggressive at like one being generous and also just putting ourselves in a good financial position. And I remember, you know, we had put our, ourselves in place where it was important to me. I wanted to like have our house paid off really, really quickly. And so I was like, we're just going to, live in this house and our house was too small. We're just gonna live in this house, we're gonna pay it off, we're gonna be aggressive about that. And you disagreed. Like you, you were like, man, we're, like our family's growing, we need a bigger house. Yes, and so, um, so really, I, I needed, you were in the right, but it, it honestly took listening to somebody else to have a change of perspective. But in that scenario, you were still trying to find not, 
you could have been nagging, you could have held it against me, you could have brought it up, but you're trying to position yourself in the best way. And honestly, um, talking to our pastor about it was a way <laughs> that, you, um, that, that you helped. So it, it's- Oh yeah, man, for real. Um, but the, 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 the point of it is, it's not about, am I right in this scenario? Because what happens many times is we're right, we know we're right, we're gonna hold our ground until they come around and, it, and they're gonna see. But it's not about who's right, it's about, okay, how can, I'm gonna find a way to position myself to support this person. There was another example, last night we were having a conversation about something and Marissa was sharing with me one of her frustrations and during that time I was thinking, well like, yeah, this is your frustration but this is in your control. Like, you could do something about this. And there was a part of me where I wanted to be like, hey, well, you can do something about that. Why are you, you know, this is what I was thinking. Why are you complaining to me about it? But reality is what I needed to do and what I did is that, hey, is, I'm really sorry you feel that way. And what are the things I can, you know, I can probably help. Would it be helpful if I saw that? I can, I'll take care of that for you. Not, hey, this is in your control, do something about it, but I'm gonna find a way that I can position myself to help. Uh, I'll just share this verse real quick. Matthew 5, 9 says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Not peacekeepers, not I'm just gonna give in just to keep the peace, just so that, you know, things run smooth. No, it's like, I'm going to make peace in this situation by recognizing it's not about my preferences. All right. Read the next one to us. Submission doesn't eliminate conflict. It eliminates compromise. So, go ahead. There's no conflict. It just means that there's not a scorecard. Yeah, so this is, is what I want to say with this one. I, I know you probably heard in marriage, like marriage is all about compromise. And in a certain case scenario, I would say that's okay. Like, if you understand, you're not going to have a resolution on every situation. I agree. But what I'm talking about, what we're talking about when we say submission doesn't eliminate conflict, it eliminates compromise, is what happens many times in marriage is we approach our marriage relationship like a negotiation. Everything is a negotiation. I'll give in here, so you give in there. I did this for you, now you do this for me. I, I, I'm come, okay, these are my terms, what are your terms? That is a horrible way to have a marriage. Anytime you're entering marriage, like everything is a negotiation, every argument is a negotiation, what you do is you turn your relationship into a debt-debtor relationship. And it is possible to give anything in a debt-debtor relationship it's impossible to receive anything in a debt-debtor relationship. What do I mean? If I loan you $100 and later on you give me 50, I'm not gonna say thank you. I'm gonna say, where's the other 50? <laughs> what happens in marriage is if I think, okay, I did this for you, but here's the standard of what you owe me. You're not able to give me love 
And I'm not able to receive love because you owe me. You're still in debt. So when I'm saying it doesn't eliminate conflict, there's going to be disagreement. There is still disagreement that we have. There are things that we don't see eye to eye. There are things that we don't have the, the same perspective on. But what it does eliminate is compromise. Where I'm saying, you don't owe me anything. I'm, I'm yielding my preference. I'm positioning myself to support you in this. It's not about the things that I want. Or, like, you don't owe me anything. No compromise. Anything you want to say about that? Okay. Move on to the next one, kind of get through these. We've got three more. Next one is submission is not about position. It's about protection. Probably the, the challenge, we're, we've talked a lot about submission and what it is, how to help position yourself to support. Probably the challenging part with Ephesians 5, 21, 22, 23, is it does say this phrase, and I want to acknowledge that it's in the Bible. It says, for the husband is the head of the wife. And so what happens is a lot of people hear this and they think, okay, well, if I'm the head, that means that I'm superior. And if I'm the head, that means I'm the boss. And if I'm the head, that means I'm in control. And what I want to tell you is that it's not about position, it's about protection. Yeah. The, the other place where headship is mentioned in scriptures in 1 Corinthians 11, you can read it for yourself, two, verses two through six, talks about headship and it brings in another word. It talks about covering, covering. As a husband, you should be a covering for your wife. Now, there is, I just want to say fairly, there is a, in the way Paul writes, there is a hierarchy. But hierarchy, again, it's not about position or value. There's a hierarchy with the Trinity. I don't know if you ever thought about that. Jesus said, the reason you can trust my judgment is because I only do what my father tells me. Jesus said, my father is greater than I. Jesus said, unless I go, the Holy Spirit can't come. But they're triune. How, how is that? Well, there, there is a order, but there is an equality. So what that means is that it's, I, the husband is ahead. Did you notice that a head's not very good without a body? You're one flesh. So it's not about a position of superiority. It's about protection. My job, and you don't have to wonder what it is because Paul goes on to write. He says, husbands, love your wives to the point of you would give yourself for her. You lay down your preferences. You protect her. Your job is to wash her. Your job is to, is to present her in. Your job is to put her in the best light. It's about protection. Anything you want to add to that? Yeah. 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 I, I want to move on to the next one because I think this helps with the, the headship idea because here's what I'll say. The, the Bible talks about leadership. It talks about leadership for three institutions. It talks about leadership in government. It talks about leadership in the church. It talks about leadership in marriage and family. Now it doesn't tell you this is the right government model or even there's different models within the church. But it says that there should be 
leadership there. And I get that there is a extra weight and extra responsibility uh, marked or noted in the writings of scripture. But here's what I wouldn't want to tell you. Instead of hearing leadership, when you hear headship, this is what you should think about. That submission, guys, it's not about your authority. It's about your example. Most guys would be better served in their marriage if instead of thinking about authority, they thought of example. How can I be the example in this situation? You know what? It's, it's a lot easier for there to be submission. Again, we're talking mutual. It's a lot easier for there to be submission when that person feels safe and secure. And in your marriage, if you're noticing that your wife is not wanting to submit as we're talking about it, it could be an insecurity in your leadership. It could be that you're trying to exercise authority when you need to exercise example. Anything you want to add to that? Mm-hmm. You know, I think ladies, the best thing you can do is when your husband does do something to show some leadership, shut your mouth. You know, like he may not do it in the way that you want, but if you notice that he's trying, mm-hmm. come alongside and follow. Like, don't correct him. Don't say how you could do it better. Just. F- Philippians 2 gives us a great example of what this looks like in marriage. It says, let this mindset be in you, if we can put it on the screen, Philippians 2, in your relations with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbles himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. There's a couple things I like about this. One, it's talking about Jesus. In the passage we read in Ephesians, Jesus is the example. So men, what do we see? See, Jesus' example was he didn't use his position from a place of authority. What he did was he became an example to the point of death. He became an example of, I'm gonna serve. He became an example of it's not about where I'm at, it's about what I can do. The other thing though I like is it says he did not consider equality with God something to be used to his advantage. So while this is an example for men, I think it's also an example for women is even though there's an equality, that's not something for you to use to your own advantage. All right, anything else you wanna add to that? Okay, here's a... I think this is the last one we got. Last one is this, that submission is not the metric, it's the method. It's the method. The goal isn't, did you submit? The goal is, are you moving towards oneness? The goal in your marriage is oneness. Mm -hmm. Submission is the method to get there. It's the method to get there. What's interesting is in Ephesians 5.21, where it says, submit yourselves one to another. 
the verb used there in the Greek is the continual form of that verb, meaning that it's not a one-time thing. You don't say it, you don't do it, and then it's done. This is something that you have to practice. It's something that you have to work on together. And in a lot of ways, this is the process of sanctification. We're saved in a moment, but we have to continually submit our will to the Father's will. We have to continually say, okay, this is an area where my preferences might be bucking up against some things I see in scripture. I'm gonna yield to the Father's will. I'm gonna yield to your authority, God. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna it's not about the things that, that I want. I'm gonna, fi- I'm gonna find out how can I position myself to support this. Anything you wanna add to that? All right. So in your marriages, it's not about, are you submitted? What, the reason we're talking about this is because we're trying to help you be one. We're trying to help you go the distance. We're trying to help you have what God has planned from the beginning, that, that your relationship would be mutually beneficial. Your needs are being met. Their needs are being met. And that's what happens when we do this. I want to say a prayer for people here. Maybe you're, you're here today or, or watching online and, and you recognize that there's some areas in your life where you've not been submitted. It's not a bad word. You don't need to feel, you don't need to feel like that's oppressive. It's positioning yourself to support. Maybe it's been in your relationships, maybe it's been in your marriage. I just want to say a prayer for each person here who's wrestling with that tension. If you bow your head, let me pray for you.